Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast, TBD to be discussed podcast. This is your host, May Wu, and this is a podcast on topics that we don't typically discuss, but we should. And this season it is all around love, centered around love, uh, our first perceptions, our progress, the changes we go through, especially as we get older and different life circumstances. So I have a very special guest here with me today, and I'm going to let her introduce herself, uh, tell us where she's from and where she's currently at, and just uh, some things about her. So okay. I'm going to let you take it away. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> um, hey. <laughs> uh, my name is Brianna, um, and I was born in Portland, uh, raised kind of all over. I'm 28. I have an eight-year-old son um, and we're living in Hillsboro, Beaverton area of Oregon right now. Uh, what was like your first first perceptions of love growing up? Um, I would say that the way I interpreted love growing up was that it was like practical. Um, like I don't know I saw my parents really just like fulfilling their duties as parents and obligations like within their marriage but not really like loving if that makes any sense like my mom was loving towards us um mm. kids but like I never saw my parents really like loving towards each other so that like they weren't really... very affectionate no not very yeah touchy. not nope not at all <laughs> they were you know like my dad would be downstairs playing um, the Xbox and we'd be upstairs watching a movie with my mom, um, that sort of thing. We'd have, you know, family dinners every once in a while, but for the most part, my dad was like the provider and then we were like the family unit with my mom. Were your parents always together while you were growing up? Well, okay, I guess I should say that um, I was raised by my mom and my mom's first husband, who I consider to be my dad because mm -hmm. he has been in our lives, me um, and my twin sister since we were nine months old. My biological father uh, was not a key player <laughs> in my mm. life at all. And I guess he was a key player without actually being an active player. Um, he was not someone that had influence on any decision-making when it came to raising us, I guess I should say. Um, mm -hmm. He was pretty, like, sometimey and just kind of full of empty promises growing up. Mm. And just to like give you an idea, he has four baby moms and seven kids and he's never been mm. married so there was that <laughs> um so my sister and i were the oldest um and our youngest sister is 10 she just turned 10 so like two years older than my son i think this had an influence on your perceptions of love whether you were looking at uh your mom and your your uh dad her first husband and then also maybe your biological father? Yes, um, because I felt like, I don't know, I didn't really like think about my biological father in that way. It was more about love towards me and my sister um, mm -hmm. and how he just wasn't around and just made promises all the time. And it was just kind of empty and filled with like material things. We'd come into Portland, he'd pick us up from um, my mom's family wherever we were staying at. And he would take us, you know, around to maybe other family members on his side. And he'd be like, mm -hmm. this is the twins, this is the twins. But like, <laughs> we, you know, end up going to the mall or something and you know, we get clothes or a karaoke machine or something like that, but not, uh, that, that was a weird. Was it like experiences, but like maybe materialistic or kind of 
father type things like let's go to the mall and get you something fun or um is that what you're yeah it was always just let's get something fun let's you know go shopping but not real I don't know that's not real love to me <laughs> so mm-hmm. um it was just kind of like okay we're gonna go see our dad and we're gonna go get something but that's it but not like I was excited to spend time with him he didn't ask about our lives um and what we were doing what would you say was your first like experiences with love whether it's like your first um examples or your first experience with love i guess my mom (laughs) Mm -hmm. she loves the hell out of us (laughs) pretty unconditional um I, i don't i don't know i don't if we're talking romantic love i'm I don't know, I guess Charlie's dad would be like the first real one. And did your ideas of love change when you had Charlie? Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought it was love with his dad until I had him. And then I realized like, oh, what? Mm. (laughs) As soon as I saw him, (laughs) it was like completely different. Like my world pretty much shifted. And I know that um, that may sound like cliche, but it really truly was. I don't know, the way that I carried myself, the way that I had to um, take care of business, you know? Like, I I mean, I was young. I was 19 when I had him. So it was really just, like, immediate shift to everything's about him. Um, Right. Now you're not just looking out for yourself, but another being that Mm -hmm. is kind of helpless. Yeah. So the grind was (laughs) extra. (laughs) You know, anything that I was doing was, like, I really had to make sure that I was not wasting my time. Um, I mean, now, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But mm-hmm. at the time, you know, being young, I just wanted my family. <laughs> and so mm, I just yeah. kept trying to make it work with him. Um, and I thought that was love, too, because it's like, you know, we're a family. We're supposed to, you know, do things together. We're supposed to be together. Um, that, like, traditional family unit that is on yes. TV or that you hear about or yep. whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh so that was a very hard experience, um, a tough lesson to learn with his dad. So how did you two come to an understanding that you and Charlie's dad would no longer be romantically together, but now co-parenting? Um, I think that he made that decision when he got a lawyer involved um, with our, our parenting stuff. He decided that he we couldn't work it out and not work it out um, platonic, not romantically, but like platonically, like that we couldn't be friends and just parent our kid. We like, he got the legal system involved, the courts. I don't want to be a single mom, you know, I didn't want to do it by myself. So, but he did that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we kept trying to make it work even after we went through the court system um, for a little while. And then it just kind of, you know, I started doing my own thing and just really realizing, like, yeah, this is not it for me. Sounds like, you know, like, enough time has passed. Do you feel like the, it was, um, like, getting the courts involved was, uh, you know, like, a good idea? Like, what are your thoughts on it now that it's been some time? No, I still, to this day, um, hate it. Hate that he got the courts mm. involved. I think that it was... Um, overkill because I've I don't know I feel like we were friends um at a certain point in our relationship you know uh so it just Mm -hmm. 
that was a, a hard pill for me to swallow that it was like, okay, so now you've got the courts involved and it's getting nasty. It's not getting, you know, this is not a friendly mm. situation. Um, this is not, it, it, it kind of changed our dynamic because it turned more into a him versus me rather than we are together and doing this together and not together romantically, but just, we are a team. We are Charlie's yeah, parents yeah. doing this together. So um, it just changed the tone of our relationship. And I mean, there's still kind of like, it's still present to this day mm -hmm. with the courts and how you guys like split up your time with Charlie and your, your relationship, um, that sort of thing. And that's really interesting to hear. Cause I always hear like, especially on social media, it's like, Oh, girls always want to get the courts involved and child support and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting to hear from your side saying that you actually don't prefer getting the legal system involved. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's great for certain things. Um, but I think that overall, I guess that's because it's been an underlying theme now of our relationship of, it's really always been him that is threatened because I, I didn't get a lawyer when we first started this stuff. I was young, you know, not making any money, um, mm -hmm. sacrificing a lot to try to make it work with him. And, mm -hmm. you know, basically I was the one raising our kid while he was able to build up this career to be able to even pay for that lawyer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm, so I see. Uh, so it, it was hard for me and that. And he put himself on child support but then complained about child support. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so it's just like the amount of child support that he had to pay and, you know, throwing it in my face. and like, I wish I didn't get child support simply for the fact that I cannot stand hearing about it. He doesn't do it so much now, but back when I was younger and not doing as much for myself as I am now, um, he was mm -hmm. able to, you know, basically wipe out my self-esteem <laughs> with throwing things like that in my face and scare me into submission pretty much because I was mm. afraid of him being able to use the legal system against me. Do you feel like you have a better grasp now, you know, now that you're older and maybe you understand the legal system more, especially with child support and uh, like legal battles with, with children? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm way more confident now. I, I realized, you know, I, in working in my job, I have access to lawyers, you know, and different resources and different information and different like I get not caliber of people but you know like people in different positions to be able to give me information um and I ask mm. questions differently now so getting all of that has made me more confident in standing up for myself and being able to parent the way that I want to parent and not just being subjected to the control factor I'd like the legal part like how do you guys usually communicate uh boundaries um Mm, most things are via text message. Um, we've, we've been able to talk on the phone a little bit more lately. Um, but again, I feel like I still have to be careful with that. Um, but for the most part now, because of the situation with our attorneys and things like that, he has been a little bit more um, respectful of when I say, no, I'm not doing that. Mm. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, I try to be, you know, willing to you know when he asks for charlie i'm not i hardly ever say no because i don't care if charlie wants to go spend time with his dad go ahead it gives me mm -hmm. a break you know it gives me a, a moment to myself you know to maybe work on some projects instead of you know working on homework with him so it's currently i think our communication is better or different 
Mm, okay. And so what do you think a positive relationship would look like between you two um, being, Char being Charlie's parents? I think that if the focus is always on Charlie, there's nothing to argue about. Mm. Um, and we may have different ideas on what's best for him, but really, for the most part, we actually agree with each other. I think that there's just so much jaded history between us that it just kind of makes it hard to communicate that. Um, mm -hmm. But as long, I think that as long as the focus is just on Charlie and remains on Charlie and what's best for him, then it, that's the that's the positive is that we're just all trying to do what's best for him. And it can, I think it can stay positive if that's always the goal in mind of what's best for Charlie. Yeah. And do you, how do you two work out like disagreements on like what may be like best for, best for your son? Um, well, currently uh, it's, it's just with the courts. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. um, before I would get railroaded um, because I was afraid. But yeah, now it's it's with the courts. So, you know, we have our building up our arguments, whatever, and we're gonna take it there, and it'll get decided soon. Mm. So that that would be <laughs> um, because in in Oregon, it's legal custody, which is like um, you you get to decide like religion, haircuts, mm. um, or hairstyles. You know. Um, schools that sort of stuff and then mm -hmm. parenting time is literally just like the actual physical time that you get to spend with a child so they're two separate things in Oregon so um I think that I mean I've been able to make most of the decisions he's deferred to me on most of the things most of the heavy lifting things um there's just a, mm -hmm. a few things that we don't agree on and so that's what we're going to court for is the legal custody if one parent says that's okay and the other doesn't how does that work between you two mm -hmm. um and if it's something like something like a field trip or, or something with school is that does that communication usually do you guys usually text over that or yeah. how did you two find ways to have these discussions um so with things like hairstyles that's one actually that is something that we've been <laughs> battling over um, because Charlie is now eight, you know, he's not four or three or two, you know, he's, he's eight, he's getting his own personality. Mm -hmm. um, and he has asked me if he could get locks. And obviously mm -hmm. for your listeners, I have locks. I've had locks for about three years. My younger brother had locks. Um, he had them for, I want to say like eight years or something like that. My I love seeing your progress because <laughs> it was shorter when I first like met yeah. you and now it's like long walks. Yep, I, got, I got hang time now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Dad doesn't agree um, that he should be able to get them. I am the one who has been maintaining his hair up until this point. Um, his dad recently, uh, last last year, started taking him to get haircuts. But now my son is at an age where he wants to express himself and you know, he dresses himself, he picks out his outfits. I don't like his outfits, but he picks them out himself and he <laughs> wears what he wants to wear. Um, and I think that hair is important and he is a black child. So mm -hmm. I, I, I have this idea in my mind that he should be able to express himself and embrace 
if he wants to wear locks it's like these things are never kind of like black and white and that's the part that makes it really tricky how do you two or how do you specifically introduce like new people into charlie's life because that's that's like another whole other aspect right yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> oh gosh so i have had a few boyfriends um and we live with one currently um and we've been dating for over a year it's difficult to figure out the balance still because i was tiptoeing for so long around his dad and that was one of Mm -hmm. his dad's like uh main gripes about us not well not us not being together but just like weaponizing the fact that i was dating like well you have charlie all the time you know how are you dating people and all these different things like don't have people around my son it's like well if i'm his main parent you're the weekend parent that's not fair Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's not really fair for you to try to use that to control me um and so i don't it's i don't know i don't know how to i don't have any advice for anybody on that because i feel like it's because if they don't get along with my kid like i don't want you around you know what i mean Mm. um and i'm not gonna be dating somebody and like you know saying i love them and all that stuff if i can't picture how my life is going to be with them actually in my life because my son is my life so right it just doesn't i don't know it's it's really it's it's a work in progress i will just say that (laughs) it's definitely a work in progress and so when you date do you let the person know pretty like off top that you have a son um and like what's that what's that process kind of like yeah i i mean immediately let people know that i have a kid and in any you know of my dating profiles that i had created it always said that i had a kid because i wouldn't want somebody to spring that on me the ones who aren't built for the possible stepdad life you know what i mean <laughs> um they, mm-hmm. got it yeah they don't yeah. like kids like you can't be around me because i'm gonna mostly be with my son my son's with me mm-hmm. i want to say 70 percent of the month so there's no way that you're going to date me and not like kids. So I let people know pretty immediately. Have you ever met like Charlie's dad's significant others? Has he ever met yours? Is that like even in the conversation? Um, I have met, well, his fiance. He has a fiance. So I've met her. Um, she's been around for quite some time now. Uh, like three years, I think they've been dating. Um, so, and he told me when he was going to propose to her, all that stuff. So I've met her. I like her. I think she's great. Um, Charlie, more importantly, that's the most important. He adores her, so. Like, it sounds like he communicates some of these life decisions, like when he was going to propose. And so is that pretty, is that pretty common for you to, to kind of share some like really important things that are happening in your life? Or is that like a case by case? Case by case, because he will share things, um, but I don't share things because because of the past and how he has dealt with information in the past, I don't care to share things with him. And so, I guess more on the dating topic, how has dating been for you? You have somebody, a partner now. Do you think it's gotten easier? Do you think it's gotten harder? Um, I think that each time I'm in a relationship, I get more insight into what I do and don't want. 
So mm -hmm. I think that it's becoming easier in terms of my discernment, but I don't know about how easy, like if this relationship were to be over, you know, how easy it would be to find the next person. Yeah. And do you think that it's, it's like this generation of this generation or it's just like dating in general? Um, I think it could be a mixture of both. I think that, you know, with the apps, um, you get somebody right there in the palm of your hand to, mm -hmm. you know, either say yes or no based on a little bit of information. You can have an idea of what they could be like in your head. Um, whereas it like in a situation, it's like if you meet somebody in person, you may have a conversation with them, you know, and actually experience them in person and decide whether or not you would like to explore whatever that is with them. Um, so I think it's that, but it's, you know, just more people are available um, to you. You have access to more people because they're just on an app. Whereas, you know, before you had to meet somebody in person <laughs> in order to, to decide if you wanted to date them or not. But also, I don't know, I've started dating older because mm, like my current okay. boyfriend is a, uh, 33, five years old than me. Mm. And I know that there's cacos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever whatever language oh, you're okay, comfortable okay. with. <laughs> uh, you know, there's like, you know, 40-year-old fuckboys, 50-year-old fuckboys. You know, there's that. There's, mm. I mean, there's fuckboys at every age. Age doesn't yeah. matter in that But sense, yeah. I find that men are more settled in their lives when they're older. And I, because I have mm, a child, yeah. you know, I'm not looking for like, whirlwind romance and being able to pick up you know or drop everything and just go on a trip or something like that i you know i have to plan things out i gotta like i need somebody that's gonna be mindful and you know have their own shit going on <laughs> so they don't need all of my attention all of the time i'm a mom i have too much other shit going on yeah. i have a career i got a side job i got charlie and his school stuff we in a, a panini it's too much happening <laughs> <laughs> So, um, did you always like date? I mean, were you dating guys around your age, um, typically? And this this new partner, um, being older, you kind of realized or saw the difference, or kind of yes. What was so, that? Well, Charlie's dad is five years older than me, also, or four and a half, or something like that. Um, we met when I was seventeen, and then when I turned eighteen, we started dating. Um, and he was twenty two turning 23 so um mm, okay. i i don't know i guess at that age i thought like oh he's he's older oh my gosh <laughs> and now <laughs> yeah more mature when you're like right, yeah, I, was like, wrong. No, I, was, I was definitely wrong but um <laughs> no shade <laughs> but i think that um like my past boyfriends have been my age and uh, it is not it has not worked out for me you know men my age if they don't have kids, no, I don't know. I, I guess I don't, I don't want to lump everybody in general, but dating an older person, somebody who's a little bit more significantly older than me, not just, you know, like one or two years, but like somebody that's five years older than me, um, it, it's more settled and like he knows what he wants. When, at least when mm, it comes to me. Yeah, he's I, got... I don't want to speak on like what his career is like and all that other stuff because that's a whole other thing thing but at least in terms of 
being sure about wanting to be in a relationship and being serious and mm-hmm. being intentional in that space, that has been the difference, the key difference, I think. To look back, what would you say are some things that you would like do different, not differently, but like, what are some advice that you would give to somebody who is going to be co-parenting? <laughs> um, <laughs> like that's a very loaded question. Um, I think that the main thing, and I said this earlier, the main thing is to just keep the best interest of your child at the front of your brain on the tip of your tongue before you talk. If it doesn't have anything to do with your child, keep it to yourself. And don't try to convolute and, and twist some stuff around to all of a sudden bring it back to the kid just because you want to comment about something over here. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's the key thing is just really making sure you ask yourself before you start a conversation, what is it that I'm trying to address? And what do I want out of this conversation? Without asking those key things, you could get caught up in the emotions and get mm. stuck in a pattern of engaging in behavior that is not only harmful to your you know your co-parent but also harmful to your kid because if you're not able to get along with their parent they know that they can see that they, you know you're the other parent they know that and can see that and feel it so mm-hmm. just always keep your your kid at the front at the forefront of all of your thoughts and, and actions towards the other parent. What would they think of me? If my kids saw me, what mm. would they think of me? That's very real. And like you said, we, we are in a, in a <laughs> panini and, <laughs> and, and so. you know, maybe in situations where they, they might want to stay together for maybe a child. And so what are your thoughts about staying together for, for a, a, your Oof, children? That is a mistake a mistake because mm. again if you're thinking about the kid and do you want them to see you suffering just for the sake of having an outward appearance of a family because a family can be so many different things and that was a key thing that I learned um, in not being with Charlie's dad is if you are miserable with that other person your kid is going to think that it's okay to be miserable as long as a family is together because of whatever your idea of a family is. And that's that you shouldn't pass mm. that along to your kid. Cause then they're going to be going through their own stuff and you're going to be like, no, don't do that. I did that. And you know, but you will have taught them that. So mm-hmm. don't stay in a situation just for the sake of the kid, because really your happiness, you being happy and you pursuing the things that you want to pursue and being treated the way you want to be treated and deserve to be treated and showing love in a way that's healthy is way more important. Even if that's just loving yourself for a little while, way more important than being in a relationship that's gone to shit. (laughs) That's it. And I remember you even said like, there was time wasted trying to work it out. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like you, you had like a moment where you said, it was like never, it was kind of like, oh, it was never going to like work out no matter what was like tried. So it was almost like now you're just wasting time and energy yeah. into something that was never going to work. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, had I focused on myself sooner, 
on you know making myself happy sooner um rather than a family unit for who you know i don't know whatever people you know they the they's of the world whatever they think of me um <laughs> had i focused on myself <laughs> i feel like i could have accomplished so much more i mean i'm i'm proud of myself absolutely 100 percent proud of myself and what i'm doing today and where i'm at and how i parent my child and the things that i'm working on um you know in terms of mental health and being more aware of how that affects my kid now how much more i could have done had i gone down that path much sooner um and it's you know it's no mm -hmm. no shade to myself but yeah i i could have i feel like i could be owning the world right now had i focused sooner um but i'm you know i'm proud of what i'm doing right now so and i know you know my son's proud of me he is interested in plants too and he helps me you know water them and take care of them and you know ask me about my sales oh. and all that sort of stuff so you know it's like <laughs> I feel like now that he's aware, like way more aware in being eight years old, this is a great time mm -hmm. for me to be flourishing and to be really growing mm -hmm. in myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's able to see it firsthand and understand business and like how much time it takes to get it started and get it moving and kind of also yeah. the scary parts, right? Because you don't know oh. how it's going to go. So he... <laughs> I sure don't. <laughs> Hold on. So yeah, um, and even not even just the business side, but also just like being a good person, you know, being happy. You know, he knows that I go to therapy. He asks me how it goes. You know, he like mm -hmm. him being able to recognize that I'm working on myself and trying to be, you know, do the best that I can and actually doing my best, not what I thought was my best back then. Um, now that he's more aware as a human being, it just I think it makes it that much more powerful, this journey for me and he and I. And so like, do you still feel those societal pressures? Cause it, it sounded like it was like a really big, it was like really impactful for you to feel like, oh, you need to be in this like type of family unit. This is what it's supposed to be like. There might be judgment. Do you still feel those pressures the same way that you uh, used no, to? Not at all, actually. Um, and I think that probably has to do with getting <laughs> older too. Um, and working out, you know, some things that I learned in my childhood, um, having to unlearn those things and integrate that into, into who I am and, you know, choose as an adult what I want to um, pursue and portray. Mm. And I think that moving away from, you know, the they and thems <laughs> and their thoughts and, you know, because <laughs> really they don't exist, nobody cares. Nobody cares. I think, and I think I'm as I get older, it's just like yeah. nobody really cares. I can do whatever I want. Like, I literally can do whatever I want because nobody pays my bills. Nobody else is, you know, feeding me, fucking me. They're not doing any of those things. So why do I care about their opinions? I don't. They're not. They're not feeding me, fucking me, or right. financing me. That's the saying. <laughs> and if you're not doing any of those, things, I'm able to now shake free of some of that that need to to impress other people because i'm just like well i, I want to do this so i'm just going to try it you know even putting myself out there with this plant business if this shit fails i will have i will still be proud of myself because i tried now i'm putting my best effort into it so if it if it fails that's okay i'm i'm okay with it because i know that i will have done my absolute best and it looks like it's been doing great. And so I was like super stoked when you started doing it. I was like, you probably can't ship to California. Yes, so I do. I do be shipping. Yes. I ship to, to Florida. I ship oh. to, I think, 
DC, um, Wisconsin, Arizona. Yeah. Oh, yes. wow. I spoke Texas. Too soon. You know, fuck <laughs> with me. Okay. I got the plants. <laughs> like, what's the, what's oh, the business um, called? It's called Flora Noir. Um, and I'm working on my website. Maybe so, by the time your podcast is out, I will have it up and running. We're supposed to be done next week, but I just don't, I don't know yet. So I don't want to say. <laughs> um, well, I'll share. Probably in the show notes or on Instagram okay. or something like that. That would be probably okay. the. Yeah. And I love what you said about unlearning. That's it just, yeah, I feel like that's a key thing. And like, just like the different perceptions of love growing up is just kind of unlearning what isn't actually real or like true or works for you. So I, I love this conversation. And I, I thank you so much for joining this podcast episode, because I think it brings so much like realness and authenticity and also something that a lot of people don't discuss kind of like there's not further discussion so thank you for hopping on and joining Absolutely. today's thanks discussion for thinking of me and thanks for having me this has been dope and fun <laughs> and funny <laughs>